You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello, all you retro movie lovers. Happy New Year's Eve, and welcome back to the movie graveyard. We got a blowout celebration. We're recording this on December 31st, 2020. We're sending out the shittiest year of our lives out with a bang, aren't we, Zach? Exactly. We're going to blow this fucking year's head off exactly. live on the screen, on the show. We're going to totally strike back against the system, just like the protagonist of this awesome, awesome film that we're going to watch tonight, New Year's Evil. Ain't that right, baby? Exactly. We're going to put on our fake mustaches and fucking go out <laughs> and eat some sh- fucking food with some chicks, yeah. take them back to our house, and we'll, you'll always see when we watch the movie, baby. Yeah, talk about the total Chad striking back exactly. against the system of oppression and tyranny that tries to take men's rights away. Ain't that right? <laughs> Hell yeah, trying to castrate us. Exactly. We're going to get rolling into it right now. We got the movie paused at the one second mark on the disc. This is a old school. I love this, man. I'm not going to lie. If I made a movie now, I would want this screen on my movie. Old school mm-hmm. blue grainy uh, piece of film here. It says this motion picture has been rated R restricted by the Code and Rating Administration. So yeah, oh, we, yeah. we got to pause on that blue screen. I'm going to see one, two, three, go. And when I say go, hit play on your remotes or your mouses. Everybody, one, two, three, go. Hell yes. Happy New Year's. You know, what's funny is whenever you uh, said we were doing this, at first, uh, like, I read New Year's Evil, but I was thinking uh, Christmas Evil. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do Christmas. I'm thinking, like, we're doing Christmas Evil. And I was like, I swear he did that movie. I I swear I was just listening to that. Yeah, I was just listening to that not that long ago. I like how it starts out with the shot of this uh, tower hotel, which which, oh, yeah. which at the time it was a Holiday Inn, but now I looked it up. Uh, it's a yeah, fancy-ass hotel, so you probably have to pay a lot of money to stay there in Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. The, movie, the movie is like set in Hollywood, like where this New Year's Eve show is going on, but, um, mm-hmm. but most of it takes place out in the San Fernando Valley. And this is a freaking genius idea for a plot for a movie. Like a guy calling into a radio station and freaking like killing somebody uh, every hour uh, for uh, like the different time zones on, uh, you know, as soon as the clock strikes 12. Yeah. Like uh, Halloween 3 should have watched this movie because like, you know how they always rip on Halloween 3 saying, what about the different time zones? Where, well, exactly. yeah, our kill, kill, uh, our killer here, evil. I can't say vowels anymore because he fucked me up when he said, "My name is Evil." <laughs> that weird ass voice he's got. Yeah, yeah. but uh, evil had to figure it out because he was like, "Fuck the time zones. I'm going to take the time zones, and like, they're not going to. Not only they're not going to stop me, but they're going to make me kill more people." Hmm. And I got that's how you know. Yeah, I gotta say, you, you can't let time zones be your enemy. Like me, I understand Eastern and Pacific, everything in the middle, I'm always confused. You know that, Zach. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, at the end of uh, Halloween 3, 
when he's uh, talking about uh, people bring up the different time zones, don't it just show at the same time? And like the fact that it's at different times, just depend. like he don't have to stop it once. Right. He wouldn't have to come back an hour later and stop it again. Well, like also too, well, they, they Halloween three, they do set up that, that he's in California. So he's really like on the later time zone. So, you know, when people are always like, oh, yeah, are they going to take his word for it? It's like, well, actually, they might because, like, I mean, he, you know, this is the days before Internet and shit. Like, he hasn't been available to the news the last couple of years. They might have, like, blew everybody's heads up or whatever through all the time zones already. So maybe that's why they're actually yeah. shutting it off when he calls, you know? Oh, yeah. And everybody says, like, oh, he called the one station that controls all the TV stations. They never say who he calls. What if he's calling the FBI or something and, like, they know, you know what I mean? Like... Exactly. He he called the Illuminati. I think that's fucking <laughs> our boy. He knows. Speaking of Illuminati, like this is a donk ass uh, hotel room because they have like a um, on the inside of the door they have like a lantern light that you would see outside on a porch, but it's inside this hotel room. Hell yeah! This is the first victim, Yvonne, and like we don't even know who Yvonne is right now, other than she's got some great Stevie Wonder uh, hairdo. Yeah, we only know that she's the same chick that was on Demons, the Dario Argento movie. Yeah. She got the same haircut. Same haircut, everything. And a drippy shower. Not the drippy uh, sore on her face, though. That would have been dog. That pops out in the girl's mouth and all that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. I gotta say, this this is a good way to start the movie, though. What was you gonna say, Ben? Yeah, I was gonna say, imagine, like, like, the first time you get a BJ... You got a, a big sore, and like she fucking sucks that instead because it's dark in the room or something, and she freaking sucks it so hard it pops. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that would be a uh, donk. It would be. Now, he, now here we have she got killed in the shower, but it it was like very clever, wasn't it? Because she didn't get killed taking a shower. The killer was in the shower and he popped out, pulled her in. Hell yeah! It looked like whenever she was going to turn on the water, her like. Her fingernail like bent the wrong way, uh-huh. like they were rubber fingernails or something. Uh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't see it right. Yeah, blew my mind. And, he, and here, then we go into the title sequence, and we totally. This is like we don't even know this before now, but this is actually a punk rock film, ain't it? Hell yes. We get the theme song played by a Shadow called New Year's Evil, which has been turned into a huge uh, international rock hit throughout the decades, and. uh yeah, this is the first time you hear it. I always love it with that girl flashing in the van. She falls over when they pull away. She just falls down exactly. and hits her head in the van. That's great. But uh, this is almost like Demons as well. Because remember, Demons had the punks driving around? Oh, yes. But this movie came out about four or five years before Demons. So obviously, New Year's Evil is one of the most influential films ever made. Mm-hmm. I like that That's square a- guy on the motorcycle. He looks so perturbed. <laughs> Now they, when they get to the club, is it are they a punk a bunch of punks or is it like new wave? Yeah, it's supposed to be new wave, yeah. yeah. But but to be honest, and, and granted, you know this is very early. Like this movie came out in 1980, I believe. And uh, I would think that they shot this in 1979 on the director's track. They keep talking about shooting in 1979, but Wikipedia's got some fucked up shit where it claims it was shot in October 1980 and released December 1980, which. I, even for canon, I don't think they could have made a movie like that quick. I think they must have made this in 1979 sometime. Mm. I mean, that's what the director remembers, so I won't remember his, his word. By the way, have you ever heard the commentary track that goes on this awesome Blu-ray? 
I haven't. They give uh, Bill Olson, who, if you're a, a big home video guy, he runs Code Red Video, uh, mm. but he uh, he does the moderating with the uh, director, which is weird because this is a Screen Factory uh, disc. It's out of print now, but it was when it came out. It's kind of funny that they would get one of their competitors to uh, come in and moderate their commentary track for him. Yeah, was it like recorded for Code Red and they just didn't, they held it over or ported it? You know, I thought they said something about Scream Factory on the, I could be wrong, but I thought they even said it was for Scream Factory, but I could be wrong. They mm-hmm. Maybe Code Red did a previous release and Scream just like bought the track. Now this is a great scene where the, the punks, they uh, confront the cop and I love the cop because he, for some reason they put a police officer in charge of taking everybody's tickets to the events. He's got a great, I don't want to say it's looped in, but he's got a great uh, uh, voice where he's like, tickets, tickets, do you have your tickets, mm-hmm. tickets? He just says that over and over, tickets, tickets. And then, like, the most effeminate punk rocker ever comes up and, like, <laughs> threatens him with the switchblade comb. That was dang, man. Exactly. That scene had me on the edge of the seat. That looks like the same guy from that one movie, fucking Blood, uh, whatever that movie is. What was they showed it on uh, Blood Rage. Yeah, like that same motherfucker. Who? who the, the son? You think that's him? Yeah, it looks like him. No, it's a different guy because this is Grant Kramer and this was his first movie. So, mm. actually, actually, maybe you're right there. Are you talking about like the main killer guy in Blood Rage or no? Nah, this is the kid that came in. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. It's maybe from my memory. Be. Maybe that that sexy blonde hair is throwing you into hysterics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually have a copy of Blood Rage that got about a year ago. I still have to watch it. Dog. But uh, I think that's a... Is that a I can't remember. Is that is Blood Rage a Thanksgiving theme slasher? It is. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, like it was the day after Thanksgiving the other day. Um, mm-hmm. Or I guess it was a month ago, whenever it was. <laughs> and uh, I was like, fuck, I, I fucked up because I just remember Blood Rage was a... Uh, thanksgiving movie and i was like i should have watched that for thanksgiving because i tried to let's see mark soper was the the kill i think he's i don't even know if he's a killer guy they make him seem to be the killer guy in the uh the poster or whatever mm-hmm. uh, it looks like it's a different guy yeah you know, mark soper ted Raimi played the condom salesman in blood rage however though mm-hmm. that was yeah. a donk role he had probably prepared months for that mm-hmm so I, I guess we should really talk about the setup of this movie. And I think this this movie kind of won't um, really make a lot of sense to younger people. Because, like, you know, we just have, like, a couple of uh, New Year's Eve shows on major networks now. Mm-hmm. But um, back in the day, they used to have all these regional ones on, like, UHF stations. And, like, that's kind of what this is. This one's called Hollywood Hotline with, with Blaze. And... Blaze is kind of nebulous, like, really what she is in the entertainment industry, I guess. She's kind of like a punk rock host. She's kind of like this lady in her, I don't know, maybe late 30s, early 40s. And like, and I think she I think she plays the role. Well, this is Roz Kelly. She played uh, Pinky Tuscadero, uh, Arthur Fonzarelli's uh, girlfriend on the hit sitcom uh, Happy Days. Dog. Yeah, and she, she, all we really know at this point is she's the host of the show, and her son, who just came in before the blonde guy, uh, young blonde guy, Grant Kramer, I think he made this movie, he was like 18 or 19, his first film role. He just, in the movie, he comes in bragging to his mom that he got a part in a TV series, and she totally just doesn't care, because like all she, it seems like all she cares about is her career at this point or something. Mm-hmm. 
but he's like really heartbroken. Like he's all dressed up too. Like come to see his mom, and like he's really heartbroken. She don't care about what he's doing. Exactly. She's just like uh, she also like went on to rebrand as Blaze Your Dead Homie and became a juggalo rapper in Did more she? recent times. Did she? I didn't know that. Exactly. I tried looking her up, and uh, yeah, I didn't. Know, I didn't know she joined the Juggalo Army or whatever. She did. And and like they kind of just checked in on the monitors now. Like they try to like it's great use of stock footage because it kind of looks real. But they show these different parties going on and all of the different time zones. So I'm guessing this show is probably coming on at like what like five in the afternoon or something. It's going all night because like mm-hmm. if, if they're showing like you know Eastern time, let's see. Let's say the first time zone would be Eastern time, I think. So they're three hours behind L.A. time. So, like, midnight L.A. would be nine. So, like, they really got to, you know, they're getting, it's not like they're getting ready to do the first countdown right now. Well, I guess they kind of are. So maybe this is coming on around eight-ish. It can't come on right at nine because, you mm-hmm. know, the, it would be over already. So it has to come on at, like, eight-something. And this is where we get the killer of the movie, played by the awesome Kip Niven, who fortunately passed away uh, real recently last year or so uh he's got a thing i didn't know what that thing was it's uh supposed to be yeah. for people who have damaged vocal cords yeah I, I, like i couldn't tell if it was like an actual thing like a voice changer yeah. or if he's just putting something in his mouth to obscure his voice or something yeah yeah he's doing it to hide his voice obviously but what it, what it's real life thing was it's supposedly um and i used to see guys would have like you know that lost their throats or tracheas or whatever like they used to have like a thing that looked like almost like a almost like a microphone they would put on their throat and vibrate to like simulate vocal cords and they would have those robotic voices i've never seen Mm -hmm. one like he had where he's like sticking it like literally in his mouth like that Uh, but that's supposed to be what the device is and um like according to like the behind the scenes shit because he you know his voice is real there he, he calls in he goes he goes, call me evil. I am going to commit murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, like, yeah, supposedly the shit didn't work. Like, whatever prop they had, it was it was actually supposed to really do it. And he just ended up, like, making that voice up by himself. And I'm sure they probably touched it up maybe a little bit in post-production. But, yeah, like, that voice, man, that's what totally sold the movie. Like, perfect. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people probably won't even, uh, like, know, uh, like, what are they doing? Fucking, like, just hanging out and, like, doing a show on New Year's? Like, this isn't something people are going to know about much longer. Like, uh, having a TV, like, station show a marathon of a show all night long on New Year's Eve or something. Like, you only get that on, like, the Joe Bob stuff now. Joe Bob and, uh, uh, Carson Daly and, um, what do you call it, uh? Shit, what's the other one? Dick Clark, whatever. Maybe that is a person. But the, oh, the one with uh, Ryan Seacrest, like, that's it. But I remember when I was a kid, like, there was more. And, like, even, the like, yeah. the recent years, like, Fox had one. And they still kind of have one, but, it, like, they kind of scale it back. But uh, I don't know why. You think everybody would go nuts doing New Year's Eve shows still because, like, what else is anybody doing on that night? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's like uh, the the New Year's Eve that comes to mind when you think of New Year's Eve? In all honesty, I remember one I really liked. I can't remember what year it was. There was one year um, my dad was actually working because he worked overnights at the post office. So one one year it was just me and my mom actually. I remember she let me take some pots and pans and uh, took uh, took uh, like uh, you know like the wooden sticks and like so like I got to like I sat down in front of the TV. 
I was probably about five or six years old, and like, um, uh, uh, like when it hit midnight or whatever, like I beat the shit out of the pots and pans with a stick. So that was like a really good one. But I, I, yeah, I actually did a lot because actually my aunt, well, her, her birthday was on New Year's Eve. So we kind of did like for many years, we did like a New Year's Eve birthday party thing. You know what I mean? So it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I have to say the one that I remember the most vivid, like the one where I really went like all out was 1999 turning into 2000 me and my buddy his his one of his friends like their parents was going to be away so like he had like a not a huge party but you know a big party like 30 people it was just all college kids drinking and shit and the reason i remember this is like we just brought tons and tons of beer we got annihilated we actually brought our own cooler we bought lunch meat and bread so we made sandwiches all night so we could keep drinking and drinking and i remember it was like when it finally became time to get midnight my friend, he was so freaked out about Y2K because there was like this weird shit. Everybody thought everything was going to shut down or blow up at Y2K. Like this mm-hmm. is not an exaggeration. Like, like the the living room or whatever where we're all huddled around the TV was right by the front door. Like, like right when it was like the last ten seconds, he literally ran out of the house, dove like over some bushes into the grass, like. And I'm just like, I was like, did you do that for a joke? And he was like, actually scared. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I remember back before, like, by the time it was uh, the night of, you know, uh, the new year, like, it seemed like it was all sorted out and nobody really thought that was going to happen anymore. But for yeah. like a, a good month, like, you know, maybe like the year leading up to it, like for a yeah. month, people were like, yeah, Y2K, it's a big deal. Like, uh, shit's going to go down. And I remember, like, I was I was young enough to be kind of scared, but then, like, after like a month, it was like everybody just like, oh no, it's gonna be fine. And I was like, oh okay. Well, they were working on it for years, but the thing that was weird was like when they made all this computer software in the early '80s. Like, this is what the problem basically was. Like, like all the years instead of making four digits, you know, like 1995, 1996, they did it all like 85, 86, 87, just two digits. So people were like, well, what's going to happen when it rolls over and it becomes zero, zero? They're like, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> like, they thought, like, all the bank information of the world was going to... So, like, they did all... The, they were sitting there, and, and it's weird, too, that, like, you were, you know, around 1997, 1998, they were still using, like, software from the early 80s and 70s and shit. So they... Mm-hmm. All these different companies that made, like, mostly, I would say, all this business software, because nobody was still running, you know, personal computers from the early 80s and shit. Like, yeah, they had to do all these patches and work overtime and shit. But I'm just like, the idea that shit was going to blow up or go into, like... Because my mom had a friend, this lady, and, like, her and her husband, like, bought all this canned food and shit. You know what I'm talking about? Like, mm-hmm. like, like they were, like, waiting for the world to end. I'm like, like why? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I remember uh, that. That's the that's the New Year's that comes to mind is uh, '99 when it, when we switched to 2000. I remember like uh, that was the first time I ever tried beer, and I was like, "This sucks." And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "I remember my dad. He went down to the basement where we were and turned all the lights off whenever the clock struck zero. Mm-hmm. The freak, freak you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it work? You get scared? I was with uh, – it was my idea, I think, if I remember right. Oh, okay. So you were in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Now I remember we were watching, like, TRL, like, the fucking rocking uh, 90s fucking TRL, Total Request Live. No one knows what, what that what we're talking about. But Limp Biscuit was playing, oh, and they played that Prince song. Oh. We got a party like it's 1999. 1999. 
I remember at the time, like we, that's what we were watching too at that party, and I think no doubt did it's the end of the world as we know it by REM. Amazing, fucking these '90s bands, music will never be the same. It will not. I'm exactly. going to snap into a Slim Jim right now. Slim Jims are donk. Mm, they are. This is funny. Like the this room full of punks is like mm-hmm. dude, listening to this and dancing like this. Like I was, listening to smooth jazz or something. I was going to say, anybody out there with the Blu-ray who hasn't listened to the commentary track, you got to listen to the commentary track because that guy, Bill from Code Red, he keeps asking the director about the bands over and over. <laughs> he keeps saying, what about the guy Shadow who did the song? Like, you ever run into him? You hang out with him? And the guy's like, I haven't seen him since we made the movie. And then, like, the next band comes on, Big in Japan or whatever, Made in Japan. He's like, what about Made in Japan? You ever, you ever like know them guys? You ever work with them again? He's like, I don't know. He just keeps asking about the songs that were no. <laughs> you probably didn't know who they were when they did the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, they're like these no-name bands, and like, but uh, it's funny though. Shadow, who does the New Year's Evil song, I think they do like seven. If I remember this right, they do like seven songs for the soundtrack, and another band, Made in Japan. They do like four, like you can see it in the in the you know the end credits. But like, yeah, these two guys, like, or these two bands, I should say, they really rock this shit out to get this soundtrack together, you know. Exactly, and they inspired Tom Waits to make a song called "Made in Japan" years later. Exactly, but I gotta say, for this being like you know, and it's supposed to be like a rinky-dink kind of like whatever, like it's actually good. Like the little set that they have set up and all this. The only thing mm-hmm. that kind of gives it away that it's like a low budget thing is like there's like kind of not enough people. If you notice, sometimes there's like people dancing. There's like big gaps in the dance floor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like when you watch like Rock and Eve, that one that they have on after the countdown, that's like pre-recorded back in November. Like they have that f- dance floor packed when all the bands come out and shit. Yeah. So when did you see this movie for the first time? Uh, just a couple years ago, I hate to say it, but um, I really didn't know about it at all growing up. And I think it's because it was a very early canon movie. Mm-hmm. I want to say that this was, um, for people, you know, everybody knows canon and Golan and Globus, how they cranked out all these cheap movies and all this stuff. But um, th- their, canon was actually a company before those guys bought it. So when they bought it, I, I believe this was like the first movie that they put in production. That's why I was like, oh shit, they did a movie back in 1980? Because their names is on as producer. But I, di- I didn't see it. I never saw it in the video stores, like, at all. And it wasn't until the internet age I kind of started hearing about it. And then the Blu-ray came out. And I want to say I got the Blu-ray, like, maybe about a year or so after it came out. It was, like, on sale. I was like, oh, I'll get this. You know, it's a nice novelty of New Year's Eve because I started watching all the Christmas horror movies around that time. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, like, this movie blew me. I got to be honest. This movie blew me away. It's, like, one of my favorite movies, you know, of this genre, low budget horror, whatever. Like, I like it because it's, it's just different. Like, I like all the weird shit here, like with the sun, where he, like, he's, let's be honest, he's taking like Tylenol or some shit, but they play it like he's like really like on the edge no, here. No, no, no. You're, you're not looking into the subliminals. He's taking the red pill. Oh, he is. He, the MRA, the, the men's rights activists, that's what they're alluding to, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what the, the ending is all about. He's taking the red pill and he's seeing the women uh, for what they are. They're trying to castrate him and shit. Well, his mom, he's got a real unhealthy obsession about his mom. But I got to say, maybe it's just the former exploited cinema sleaze fiend in me. But, like, I kind of see why when I watch this movie. He probably wants to fuck her. I think that's what it is. I think that's what the story's alluding to. Now, speaking of doing some fucking, 
we got the Chad evil here. We didn't even talk about it. He, he disguised himself as an orderly in a mental institution so he could go in and pick up a, a, a nurse and get her back to mm-hmm. her room by himself. Very uh, Friday 13th Part 4, the, the intro to that movie. Yeah, it was. And I like how he's like, oh, before I clock in, can we drink the champagne in these little paper cups? <laughs> exactly. We all know what he meant by clock in, before yeah. I punch in. Yeah. And then they show all the, you know, quote-unquote crazy people. This is the first New Year's Eve celebration. So basically, and this is, again, this is another great nostalgic trip in time. We'll see here in a second. As Evil claims his first victim, he records the sound on a boombox of the people getting murdered. The guy with the mullet looks cool. He does. He looks like he's ready to party for real. He don't even look crazy. He looks like somebody I would hang out with. Exactly. He looks like your buddy that uh, that came out fucking uh, yelling the uh, fucking, you know, what, what was it he said? He's like, uh, tame the cock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking it, dank. Yeah. What was it? Release the cock? Tame the cunt? Yeah. Like so. <laughs> He, didn't he like pop out of the door screaming that? Yeah, fucking amazing. <laughs> Chad, that's a Chad move right there. <laughs> Somebody mm-hmm. knocks on your door and you pop open screaming that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, that's what he, this guy should have said right as he came. Yeah. <laughs> he should have come right as he's stabbing her too. Yeah, that that little piece of whatever was back from. Uh, when I used to make real entertainment, not fake entertainment, like I do now. <laughs> well, you you make nothing but the best entertainment, baby. <laughs> the highest quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing his murder as it's hitting, I think, in the Eastern Time Zone. And it's some good editing with the... I mean, it's very basic. You don't really see gore, but he's just stabbing a bloody knife as the crazy people blow their little party horns and shit. Mm-hmm. This, this is where the dance force kind of sparks right here. Mm-hmm. So like new wave, that was like uh, that was like uh, glam punk, pretty yeah. much like glam metal almost. Yeah, like I'm curious how that happened. In all honesty, because it was like, I think it was like a lot of people that were in punk bands and started out with very little musicianship. Kind of after, you know, after playing in bands for three, four, or five years, they kind of you know. But at the same time, I got to be honest though, like. It's harder to think of these as as, as new wave because to me new wave always had like like kind of like softer punk mixed with synthesizer and I don't think yeah. any of these bands really use synthesizer in these songs. Maybe but, it's one of those things where the fashion is new wave, but the people making it didn't realize yeah. there was a difference or something. Like I always say that like it's it's a great movie because the uh, it's got a bunch of punk bands who who play disco music, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really like what happens but that's kind of what the vibe it reminds me of mm-hmm. now we see evil he's back in his black disguise that's what i like about evil as a killer like i find him very interesting that's what kind of elevates this movie to me is um and this is in all honesty this movie was made before the whole i mean we had michael myers for one movie but this this was before it was like written in stone every slasher movie had to have a fucker in a mask even though he mm-hmm. does don a mask for a little bit at the end I kind of like that it's just a guy that, like, like what's the point of having a mask? He's like a master of disguise, whatever. Like, we don't know who he is for three-fourths of the movie, you know? Yeah, like, literally, Halloween could have just been Michael Myers without a mask, yeah. and we wouldn't have known anything. We wouldn't have known any more about him, you know? Exactly. But, yeah, I really like this guy. This actor. I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, 
other than like some of the like tiny like extras like whatever that have one line two lines the main players like this movie the acting is pretty good even though the story is you know kind of just like haphazard and you know just a basic slasher or whatever like i think the acting is real good in this one Mm-hmm. oh yeah See, this guy's a fucking idiot because he should have just uh, got the same uh, voice changer that the the guy has in Scream 3 and could just put off his buddy's voices because that's how that works. Yeah, in Scream 3, though, that guy had, like, the Predator voice changer. He just talked like everybody. Yeah, like, uh, they still don't have the technology to do that now, but in Scream 3, somehow yeah. he mastered that shit. I'll be honest, for me, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Screams, but Scream 3 is where it jumped right off the rails for me, just in general. <laughs> me too, yeah. Like, it seems like a shitty movie. So, and I know part of it is because, like, they had to, like, rewrite it on the fly because Columbine happened and the, the original script had, like, a school massacre in it, but... I didn't know that. Yeah, so there was some part where they were killing people in the high school and they had to change that. I remember uh, that was the only Scream movie I saw in theaters. Oh. Like, I was still really young, but, like, it was, uh, like, it kind of came out this perfect time. Like, I didn't know about Scream 1 until it was already on video. And then about the time I, I bought Scream 1, Scream 2 was coming out. And uh, I remember my mom was like, oh, we're going to go see it, but you're too young to. And then, like, the, the next time the Scream movie came out was whenever she was like, like, somebody mentioned, like, oh, yeah, you could just pay his way in. Or, like, you could go in with him. And it's like, oh, he can go in with me? I didn't even know that. So I yeah. could have went and saw too. Yeah, just parent uh, guidance. So, you know. Like, a lot of parents try to do that thing where they buy the ticket for you and, like, just let you go in and they leave. And that, mm-hmm. honestly, I remember that working for a long time, but eventually theater's like, no, we had enough of this shit. But, um. Yeah, that, I did that with, like, Halloween Resurrection and stuff like that. Yeah. Halloween Resurrection was so tame. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I remember I had, it was Scream. I had a donk ass, uh, I believe it was Christmas night. Um, double feature we went to see mars attacks and then scream dog and what was awesome what people don't remember is like you could just go see scream when it came out like nobody was there like like it like the opening weekend it made six million dollars or some shit it, it just yeah it just kept staying in theaters forever and ever making money like it i mean people weren't like oh it's a flop because back then they didn't do that with low budget movies back then if a low budget movie came out People were like, okay, it's a low-budget movie. Now it's like, you make a $5 million movie, they're like, you better make $134 million opening weekend or it's a flop. Yeah, and then it'll just be gone the next time you go to try to watch it. Yep. Now this is where we, we see the sun is even more crazy because he puts his mom's stocking on his head and then he puts a, like a sewing pin through his ear. He's crazy. I like. Is that he scene. crazy or is he just a punk? Yeah, he could have been just getting ready to go down to the punk show. I didn't think exactly. about that. Yeah. I like how his face was all smushed up in his mom's stocking. Exactly. That one punk dude with the bleached ass hair, he looked like a crazy albino in the crowd. I'll give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like uh, we were saying the theme song, uh, uh, New Year's Evil, that actually became such a hit that just this year, and I think August of 2020, MGM had to release it on the Spotify because people were demanding it all these years later. Amazing. Yeah, like I said, this Blu-ray went out of print a couple months ago. I, I think there's just something bigger around the corner. In all honesty, I think there's going to be some other company's going to put out a giant release, and it's going to be huge. Because this movie, um, I guess this is an anniversary for it, right? It came out in 1980, just like Empire Strikes Back. Damn, this movie's 40 years old, dog. Mm-hmm. 
And it's and it's it's just as better now as anything else you pay to go see. I've uh, see I've seen this movie twice in my whole life, and uh, I I think it's okay. Like it, it didn't do a lot for me either time. I had a feeling you'd be like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. But look at him. He's tearing up the flowers for men's rights. Exactly. See that. See, there's things about it that are fun. Like, see that guy spit. On oh, his, that uh, guy has so much spit in his mouth. Exactly. He looks like an evil Dracula. Seeing that in crystal clear HD is uh, something else. Oh, it'll pop your eyeballs out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh, I'm trying to remember when I saw this for the first time. It was probably only a couple years ago, like three. But the, I, this is funny. He's putting on a fake mustache. For some reason, like after watching the movie and seeing like how it all plays out, there's no reason for him to put this on. Like, who's he hiding from? But it just makes it even more dark. He just figured. Yeah, I don't even think you know because when you first watch it and you don't know like the grand plan he has, you you think it probably is like always trying to be disguised. But when you watch it second, third, fourth, fifth time, you realize no, he just put on the fake mustache to be more sexy to pick up the women. Exactly. It's part of the fucking uh, the red pill, this, all the stuff they're hitting at in here. No, I gotta say too. Uh, I, I I think like modern audiences, if you made this movie, they'd be like, oh, they wouldn't keep because you know they know he called in with the murder and they, the cops now verified it. Like, yeah, we did find a dead lady at the sanitarium and stuff. I think a lot of people now would be like, oh, you got to shut the show down, stop it. Why? But but like, I think it's actually kind of believable that they keep the show going because it's like. If the guy doesn't keep calling in, like, they don't have any chance to really catch him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking yeah. betas these days. I know. They don't want to have any fun. Exactly. What's funner than fucking a guy calling you telling he's going to kill somebody every time the clock strikes 12? It's that's funny. fucking, that's, that's movie shit. Like, that only happens in the movies. Yeah, movies are supposed to be bigger than life. We don't we don't need realistic shit on the movie screen. Oh, look at him. Talk about a Chad jawline. Look at him come in. <laughs> He's going to smoke the little uh, skinny brown cigarette here. Amazing. Some people call him sure. Yeah, you, you, you know the guy that uh, we were talking about earlier that said to uh, release the cock and tame the cunt? Yeah. Yeah, he that that same door that you saw him pop out of when he said that, like right next to it, he used to sit down on a chair and smoke those exact little cigarettes uh uh Dog. they're called Shermans, yeah. Squeeze the Sherman? Yeah, squeeze. I think you're thinking of Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. My brain just did a, my It sounded did a good fart. when you said it, yeah. Exactly. I took on the last kind of uh hot. And then the chick on the yeah. right looks like uh, fucking uh, what Linnea Quickly would look like uh, fucking 20 years later. Right. Yeah, the, the one you're talking about on the right, like, like, I did, like her voice is so recognizable to me. I think she used to like pop up on a lot of sitcoms or something because I remember her always playing the same type of character. And it had to be her because like, who else would have that voice like that? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I thought this was interesting too. That this is like is just a uh, a bar in like a strip mall somewhere, and like all these people are partying their dicks off to celebrate New Year's Eve. Exactly. It's not going to happen this year. It's no. not what's going on now. Well, it probably will. 
Because, you know, like, it's kind of crazy because we had that big uh, COVID wave that happened uh, around Thanksgiving. It's we, we do have to, you know, throw a moment of respect out for the 123,000 people who died uh, last week from the effects of Thanksgiving 2020. So Exactly. Rest in peace, everybody. Exactly. That's the true New Year's evil of 2020 is all the people that are going to pass away tonight won't even get to live to see the, the, the shining and bright hope of 2021. Exactly. They can't watch this movie with us, too, on commentary. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, they can't. Exactly. Maybe if, maybe if uh, you know, they keep hitting that refresh Spotify link, they might get it just in time. Mm-hmm. Should you know who could play this character if they ever remade it? Who's that? Nicholas Cudge. You know, I kind of thought about that, too. <laughs> kind of funny. Imagine if they, because because it used to be because this movie's forty years old now, but it used to be. Remember they used to remake like all the movies like right around the twenty year mark. Because twenty years, like now they speed it up. Now they're like five years, ten years, just remake it. But it used to be like in order to be respectable and make sure the original film faded from the memory of uh, the audience or whatever, they would do it like right at twenty years. Could you imagine if they would have remade this movie? In the year 2000, 1999, maybe going in 2000 with Nicolas Cage, 2000 era Nicolas Cage, how sexy he would have been in this role. I would have gummed. Oh, for sure. What's this weird, like, golden egg purse she has, too? It's strange. Exactly. Looking weird. Now, we should say his line that got the girls to come with him so he could go murder him was that he was going to a party at Eric Estrada's house. Oh, hell yes. And uh, for all you uh, watching now, you don't know who that is either. Yeah, you know, you know that's one part though of the 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 remake script. You wouldn't have to change. You could probably still just say Eric Estrada, and, people, and girls would probably still go. Oh yeah, I like what the song they're doing here. Uh, this band, I think it's made in Japan. I uh, for some reason they they have this movie. The subtitles don't come on for the songs. I don't think. But uh, I think this is when they're doing that song, Dumb Blondes, do, 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 do. they stand around so stupid, Dumb Blondes. Do, 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 do. Fucking cancel these guys. <laughs> they would be canceled now. They took the red pill before getting on stage. Yep. Fuck. I like how the ca- they just do a, like a scene here with the cameraman just trying to capture all this, this punk whatever, like mm-hmm. malarkey shit going on. See, this is a nice strip mall, man. They got Christmas lights up, everything. I want to hang out there, have a beer, have a taco. Mm-hmm. Like, at, fir- at first, Evil kind of plays it off like he don't like the roommate coming, but then he just figures, why, more the merrier, I'll just kill you both, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is, this, like, you know, okay, he, the first one, the Lady Yvonne, he got her with the switchblade. The second one, he got her with the switchblade. This is this is like the part of the movie where he starts getting more creative with his killing here in a minute. Hell yes. Good old who would, evade who his would, audio body repair right there. Yeah, who would win in a fight? This evil or evil Ed? Oh, this evil for sure, because he's actually straight. Exactly. I mean he, <laughs> I mean he literally like the first one with the nurse, he had to stop having sex. In order mm-hmm. to to get the murder, he's like, "Damn, I gotta pull out real quick to do this murder." Evil Ed, he never could get like any women at all, even though he desperately wanted to. Maybe Evil Ed could fuck him to death too. <laughs> he could if he turned into uh, what would he turn into? The bat or the the wolf and fuck him? To death? 
Yeah, that's always a part that always confused me in that movie. He just he turns into a, a wolf all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Where'd the wolves come from? I never heard of a vampire turn into a wolf. Um, yeah, I guess maybe maybe that comes from the original Dracula because didn't uh, Francis Ford Coppola like Gary Oldman turn into a, like a werewolf for a little bit? I think he did. maybe. Maybe that was in the original book. I, I'll be honest. Like I might be a horror aficionado, but I have not dusted off the ancient tombs of uh, Bram Stoker's 1600 vampire lore. Me neither, yeah. yeah. Wasn't there another movie called Evil Ed from the 90s? I think there was. It Wasn't it like that little, like a little skinny nerdy guy? Yeah, and he was like a doctor or something. Yeah, I have to look that up. I can't remember. Was it the guy who played Carl Wayne Bishop in Jury Duty? That's who's popping in my mind, but I don't know if it was. I don't think so. I think I'll remember that. Because yeah. I always wanted to fuck that guy. Yeah, he's pretty good. Like when you see him. Oh, no, it's Roach. not. Yeah, you're you're right. It's a different guy. I play Evil Ed. Something about mm-hmm. Evil Ed, the movie, it always reminded me of being... Yeah, it is foreign. It's a, Evil Ed is a 1995 Swedish horror comedy. Dog. Yeah. See, whoever f- wins the first fight gets to go on and fight that Evil Ed. <laughs> yeah. But maybe he can, uh, maybe Evil, instead of fighting everybody named Evil Ed, he can just fight somebody else named, like, Evil something else, like Evil Lynn from Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Fucking dog. This is some good filmmaking here where he, he actually gets annoyed with his murder victims. Because the girl mm-hmm. keeps talking about how she does all this meditation and that her roommate Lisa, who's actually the, the, the pretty one, she has bad diarrhea she keeps talking about. That's sexy. Yeah. Like, are they trying to get him turned on here? Because, I mean, he looks... No, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing hotter than a fucking hot chick just fucking uh, spraying that uh, fucking liquid dookie. The thought of that. I'm so glad people are spending their New Year's Eve with us. Mm-hmm. No, but what I like about this movie compared to other slashers is other slashers, um... We love them. We love the slashers. I love the slashers. I got shelves full of them here in the house. But let's be honest, like... What we like about slashers is that they're very routine. They're very, you know, droning in a way. Then, like, nothing unexpected happens. Just the, the guy in the mask shows up and kills somebody over and over. Like, with evil, like, you think, oh, man, this guy's so slick. He's got it figured out. He's got a voice changer. He's got a fake mustache. Everything's going to go right. But, like, he actually has to call a lot of audibles during this night. And, like, sh- like shit is still going pretty much to plan right here but not really because he, he's running late for his murder right here mm-hmm. and then later on shit will get real wacky but, if but he, I, I like that edge of reality to it yeah if he did end up missing one of the time zones would he just be like well fuck it I, I can't finish the plan now or would he just do it late I think he probably just would call in late or something yeah but we never really know, like, unless I missed it, we never really know where he's trying to, like, drive to real quick right here. Because, like, this is where he starts doing the murders and shit at the liquor store. But um, mm-hmm. but but we don't really know where he was trying to go. Maybe he had, maybe he was, like, Ted Bundy. Like, he had a spot where he, like, would take victims and do shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, who do you think is sexier, Ted Bundy or evil? Fucking evil, probably. Yeah. This lady has the weirdest look on her face when he gives her the money. Like she looks like real pissed off. Like he's giving her a hundred bucks to go buy. I would have just took it and left. I know, but she kind of had like that 
scowl on her face. All right, this is one of the best kills in murder history or horror slasher movie history, don't you think? Mm-hmm. He's got like a giant garbage bag full of marijuana at the very bottom. He's like, put your head in here, <laughs> sniff it. And then he just fucking gets her with the, the plastic bag. She can't breathe. That's how I hope I go. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely how uh, Mac is going to go. But um, Exactly. <laughs> he's going to pass out and fall into his bag of weed. Uh, <laughs> it was going to be like a Final Destination movie with Mac. Oh, yeah. But, um. But yeah, I thought that was great. Now, you, I always wondered about Evil's plan. Did he waste like a hundred bucks of weed putting it in there, or was that just like some dill or some shit that he put in there? I don't know. So, so the director claims that, and this this is another famous scene of the movie is they claim that this 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 liquor store clerk guy is the most sincere liquor store clerk in all of cinema history because like he's real nice and he's like, hey, have a good night and all this shit. But uh, the director claims that guy was a former Laker, just like one of the background bench players on the Lakers. Like I looked everywhere, like that guy is not credited anywhere. I could not figure out this guy's name because I wanted to look up his stats, see how long he played in the league and all that. If anybody out there knows uh, who the uh, identity of the former Los Angeles Laker turned liquor store clerk in this movie is, uh, let us know. Oh yeah, hit us up on Facebook. You want to find those uh, them uh, fucking uh, baseball cards? They don't have a, yeah basketball cards. Yeah, wouldn't that I be dark if if, if, you, if you saw him at the uh, the convention and he signed his basketball card for you? Oh yes, you're one of those sports ball guys like Bird. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything. Never watched about the sports ball. Yeah. See, this is a, a dank. Uh, fucking see if I was her and I just saw that light come up and see that guy with that mustache my fucking I would have got instantly wet I wouldn't even have to take my panties down they would just fucking slip right off so wet I mean that mustache if if Blaze would have uh, been there she she wouldn't have all these problems and be so cranky but I heard a lot of people poke holes in that scene saying, like, oh, like, it's, you know, like, she wouldn't, like, find him in the dumpster, and it's so unbelievable because he, he has to hide right there and wait for her. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, he laid the her friend's shoes out in the alleyway. You're going to know what your friend's shoes look like that she was wearing that night. And then he put her dress hanging out of the dumpster. And, like, I really like that scene, the, that tracking shot they had when the girl's walking towards the dumpster. Like, it's just kind of ominous. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course you're going to be like, oh, my friend's clothes are sticking out of this dumpster. Of course you're going to try to lift it up and look inside, right? Like, I don't get the people that naysay that scene. It's like the stupidest fucking nitpick ever. Fucking naysayers. Like, if you and me was hanging out and I went into the store and then you was gone and then, like, your tennis shoes are, like, laying everywhere and then, like, your hat <laughs> was there and then I see your flashlight sticking out of the dumpster, I want to open it up to see what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. You'll just see me fucking uh, trying to fuck the flashlight. Exactly. And he will put that cat in there for the cops to find, too. That was slick. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty dank. And, like, you can kind of tell when you look at the footage here. But uh, when the cop goes in the alleyway here and he goes in the backyard, somebody's, like, playground in the backyard. Like, I don't know how the hell they pulled this off with the crew and the lights and the sound and shit. But the director claims that they filmed this scene... And he claims the cops were real cops, so I guess they weren't worried about getting in trouble because they, they would just be like, hey, we're, we're real cops, you know, don't worry about what we're doing. But he claims that they went into these people's backyard, like, 
without permission, didn't tell them that the people were just sleeping inside. Because you even see a cat like walk around the, the, the backyard there. Dog. Could you imagine if you like heard something and you looked out like the window right there from your bedroom and you seen like these corpses and the cops out there? Like I would freak out. Like Exactly. I'd go out there and demand they put me in their movie. Yeah. Let me be Make a me fucking star. I could I can never stand that bird shit or that mold or whatever's on that swings. It's so gross. <laughs> this is Donk too. I like how he, he finds the purse on the bottom and then she falls down the slide like and also too, like it's it's alluded to right here, but like it's not spelled out throughout the entire movie, but he his calling card that he leaves on these victims is he slashes their, their tit. Like you fucking he's, mean. Yeah. Like they reference a dialogue there, but uh that supposedly he was doing it. Yeah, he says slash just like the nurse. So like he's been doing it to all of them, but that was the only time I think in the movie you actually see that he did it. He's ruining these perfectly good titties. Yeah. And then, like, clearly he, uh, he you know, influenced Dana Carvey's Master Disguise because now he's in a priest outfit mm-hmm. driving around. And this, and this is what I was alluding to earlier. Like, I like this movie. It has a touch of realism in it. You know, there's no supernatural powers. We're not in, you know, Camp Crystal Lake or Springwood Dream World. Like, this is just the real world of, like, fucking Van Nuys, California and shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like this guy, though, anything can happen during his murder spree. And right now he's getting fucked with by a, a, a like, the, supposedly this was a real motorcycle gang, too. And I actually believe it because these guys on this motorcycle, especially that dude that flipped him off, that dude looked drunk as fuck. That wasn't Dennis Hopper? No. Nah. <laughs> fuck me. It was Joey Hopper's cousin. Exactly. Yeah. And I kind of like this little scene here of evil driving around, um the uh just listening to uh them talk about his news reports or whatever on the radio talking about his murders i never understood the the book here though the nuns like i I guess i guess what kind of get fucked up here is he was because he he roughly before like we find out later he was going and murdering places people in places he knew of so like i guess he was going to go to a church here because he kept looking at a book and a picture of a nun or whatever and that's what made him rear in the bicycle bicycle game um, you know motorcycle game and now did you angry. notice? Yeah, did you notice that weird shot whenever they hit? Yeah, it almost looks like the fucking uh, the the camera guy was trying to film it and didn't realize it, but fucking had his uh, camera facing backwards. Yeah, and fucking like, oh uh, yeah, I, I think I got it. We'll just use whatever I got in this movie. Yeah, so like, that was happening there. Uh, <laughs> well, that that was just. Well, we got to talk about the Valentine's Driving Theater. Get a good look at it right here, Zach. Um, this is the, the same drive-in, this was in the flesh, the real version right here, uh, that you see portrayed in the hit Quentin Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where Cliff oh. both, uh, lived on the, the backside of it. And uh, I did some research on this drive-in, uh, obviously it's long gone, it's been torn down a long time, I think there's some condos or some shit there now, but, um, the, the version that you see here with the giant mural with the cowboy out front that you see so good, recreated in CGI in the Tarantino film, that actually got tore down like a year or so after this because they uh, they remodeled the drive-in to add more screens and then get another screen and they had to tear down that beautiful mural there. But yeah, so like if if you're a fan of the Tarantino movie, make sure you check this out so you see the real life version, not just the CGI bullshit. I didn't know that. I didn't know they CGI'd it. Yeah, it's Donald, baby. They had to. It didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's probably the first time Tarantino had to use CGI. 
Is it in a lot of movies from the 80s? Uh, not that I know of. Those are the, those are the only two I know. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Was he a big fan of this movie? I want that one from that movie specifically. Well, I'm thinking, too, he probably had gone there, Tarantino did, in all honesty. Because mm. supposedly he used to go to the drive-ins and everything, grindhouses, all that bullshit. Like, he had to know about the Van Nuys drive-in, like... And I think he probably picked that one other than, like, Van Nuys was just a logical place for... For people who don't know, Van Nuys is, like, just basically, you know, the sprawling suburb out in the San Fernando Valley. Valley. Um, I used to live near there. I used to go down there a lot, eat, go to see movies down there a lot. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of like, especially back in the day, that movie... Um, have you ever heard us on EC? We used to always talk about Van Nuys Boulevard. Like, mm-hmm. like that area right there was a, a, a hot spot for, like, cruising cars and shit. Like, in the beginning, it's actually, in this movie, it's actually Hollywood, but it kind of reminds me of Van Nuys, how they used to cruise. Like, it used to be a big thing back in the day, you know, it's hard to imagine now, but before people had internet and bullshit, people just used to drive around, cruising their cars, cruising on their motorcycles, whatever, you know, just try to pick up girls, do whatever. But, like... They would, they would just make, like, a Tom and cruise. Exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah! So yeah, this is kind of cool. He actually has the a bane in his his uh, his uh, car, which I wouldn't do in all honesty. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the reason they do it is you see he stabs a biker, and now he's going to go some Grand Theft Auto style here, and he's going to hijack a young couple. And this girl, I can't remember what her name is, Terry something, but she kind of went on to be famous after this, and this was like her first thing, and they got her to be nude and everything. Showed her big fucking milkies. Huge, yes. And, and that's how, you know, this is like a real... Because I hate when people make like fake exploitations now and they don't have like enough violence or they don't have like nudity in them. Like this is how, you know, you're watching a legit canon films exploitation movie right here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this I hate those people, Zach, that are always like, you don't need to show this. You don't need to show that. Look at this motorcycle. Bam. See, like the other one, like how you said that other motorcycle crash, they didn't really show it. It was like a weird backwards camera angle i think it's because they couldn't afford to fuck up that mercedes but whatever this buick is that he's driving now they just ram it right into it and they were and, like fuck this car <laughs> but but they did save a little bit of money because that motorcycle didn't run anymore they just propped it up right there. Mm-hmm. i like that he rubs the bloody knife on the upholstery and it gets real sleazy here too where she's begging please don't hurt me like you know we can even get it on and all this i won't fight back See right there, that's exactly. one of the main shots right there to tie into the lyrics of the uh, movie, Zach. Shining like the light that hits the knife at the edge of midnight. So, like, and you'll see it again when he's on the baseball field. Like, they actually went out of their way to uh, position lights and had, that, had the actor, Kip Niven, like, hold the knife up a certain way. Like, they always wanted that shiny, get that shiny reflection of the knife. I think it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. So another reason I'm a huge fan of this movie, in all honesty, is I love the way this movie looks. Like, like I'm I'm a big fan of you know movies that were shot on film back in the day. Like I'm, like I'm not really that big of a masturbator of movies being old just to be old. In all honesty, I kind of like movies that are shot in a certain time period, and this is like a real sweet spot before shit got like too slick. And mm-hmm. like whatever cameras they used here, what the, the the film stock, whatever, I just love the way this movie looks. Like it kind of has. A little bit of like that same kind of like look that like a lot of the early John Carpenter movies like The Fog and shit had. Like I don't know, man. Like to me, when I go see these these multi whatever movie blockbuster movies now, 
they look so bland and shit. But like, like look, this is like the girl running through the park. And mm-hmm. apparently, I used to live near this park. If I would have known this was the park for New Year's Eve, I would have went down there, checked it out. But there's always homeless people down there. This is over in the valley off of Magnolia Boulevard. But, um, yeah, man, like, to me, that, that 50% of the artistry of making movies, man, is the way it looks. And uh, mm-hmm. I just love this, man, the shadows, everything. There'll be a couple points here where he holds up the knife. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, to me, uh, movie making is a visual medium. And kind of mm-hmm. once everything switched over to digital, man, like, I'm just, I'm not feeling it that much anymore, you know. When I'm president, we're going to have fucking, I'm going to make legislation so that every fucking new TV has to have a feature that makes it look like it's fucking shot on film. Yep. And uh, you can't release your movie without it. Actually, I'll just say fuck it and uh, make you shoot on film. Yeah, smash them digital cameras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's on YouTube smashing that like button. How about we smash some shitty digital cameras? Exactly. I like this too, where like, because he pulled up and almost ran over the drunk guys and like hit a stop that gave the girl a chance to like run out. Like I said, like, you know, things went really wrong. He had abandoned his initial, wherever he was playing. They don't really spell it out, but whatever his plan was, where he was going to go find the nun and kill her. Like, he's kind of getting revenge, like, loosely on people and places. In this, uh, you know, like, we don't really know that as the movie goes along, but as it wraps up, we find out. But, yeah, I love that, like, everything starts going, like, really wrong for him at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, the cops are hot on his trail. They're about to stop him killing this girl. Fucking, he's, he's a fucking beta. He doesn't deserve for things to go right, though. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because he fucking, he, he's letting his woman castrate him. Well, he's trying to fight back for men's rights. Yeah, he is, but he's not doing good enough. Good. Well, the first half of the movie, he did great. <laughs> you got to give some credit. I mean, that's a hard... I mean, we're losing that battle in real life. I mean, look at all these movies and TV shows brainwashing our youth, telling them to be betas. Being a beta, exactly. I sent you that video where the guy was going around on a leash at the uh, convention. And the, 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 the girl had him on a leash. Like you don't you don't want you gotta fight against that shit. Exactly. And then and then everybody on the street corners bowing down and kissing those other men's feet. We gotta stop that from happening in our society. Amazing. No, yeah, like the, the, like it's clearly just slapdash, like the the whatever you know. Like they really just put like the tinsel you put around a Christmas tree. They put it all around the. Uh, the door there of the hotel but it totally like works man the illusion that this is the holidays it totally works mm-hmm. yeah it looked like, like that camera had a dick and balls <laughs> drawn you on think it. so dick and balls see it oh it does yeah you talking man. about like the logo of the station <laughs> <laughs> my brain's such mush that's what i'm noticing right now and, uh, what about the hollywood hotline uh sign they hit us from a lot of that's a sexy sign don't you think it is yeah big pair of Ooh. juicy lips mm-hmm. who would have had a pair of juicy lips like that back in 1980 suzanne Somers, somebody like that hell yes yeah you know what's weird every time I think about when I see this movie, Zach? Like, look at Blaze's dress, how it's, like, that kind of weird, like, it's part pink, the edge kind of looks almost yellowish, like it's changing colors. It always reminds me of Marty McFly's hat from Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> Whatever the hell that material is. Yeah. 
I, I have one of those hats. I bought it at um, Universal Studios in like 1995 or something. It, 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 like I used to actually wear it, but it was very uncomfortable because it was very stiff. It wouldn't really sit on your head, right? Mm, no, okay. Yeah. Okay, it doesn't really pay off right now. But here we see the sun. He's still got the stocking on his head. Now he's got a pair of new wave sunglasses. So he's creeping along the backstage. I like this scene. He's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> he is. We'll get to his story. I think probably gets more relevance uh, later when the movie concludes. Oh shit! I put a drink in the freezer. It's probably frozen by now. I'm gonna go grab yeah, it. Yeah, go get it before it blows up. <laughs> So, yeah, so right now it's basically just you're looking at all the cops. They're, like, you know, kind of, like, talking to Blaze about what's going on. And, you know, I mean, would, would the cops really be going over the details with Blaze here? I mean, probably not. There's the sun. He's he's eavesdropping. But, uh, but I don't know. It, you know, it's good slasher movie stuff. Now, this is interesting, too. Like, they sealed off this entire building because they don't want the killer you know, showing up at the show, even though I don't think, eh, maybe he did allude that he would show up at the show. But oh, yeah. yeah. E- I like how Evil shows up in that shiny yellow pickup truck. He pays some guy to give him a ride. <laughs> the mm-hmm. e- the Evil have, like, the early version of Uber back in 1980. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, like, I, I told you before we started that, like, uh, I had to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving later because my yeah. sister uh, worked on Thanksgiving and yeah we ate all the turkey and shit and like it, it, it sets in like fucking for some reason every year like I eat turkey and then I get tired yeah it's that trip to fan- does it happen I got like weirdly drunk like I've been like my sleeping hours have been kind of like mixed up like sleep a few hours here sleep a few hours there like I was like literally like I didn't drink any alcohol on Thanksgiving but like I ate a ton of food and, you know, big chunks of turkey. Man, I was, like, I was delirious. I was so slap-happy and, like, my eyes were watering. Like, I was, like, high and drunk at the same time. Dog. Now, like I was saying, like, he can't get in the building because they sealed off, so he's trying to sneak into the back here. And see how, like, that back entrance, they put a Christmas tree in the corner? Mm-hmm. That was another great highlight of the commentary track. He's like, he's like, why is the Christmas tree up? Why, 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 why is the Christmas tree? He's like, you know, ain't it late? Like Christmas was a week ago, and the director's like, oh, I think it's pretty customary that people leave leave up their Christmas tree for an extra week until New Year's. You know, <laughs> I thought I was surprised that uh, Bill didn't know that people did that. Did you ever do that? Because we kept our shit up like till like the second. Yeah, or third. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. My family usually kept their fucking Christmas lights on, just didn't plug them in until Christmas. Really? That's dumb. Exactly. They were just, my fucking, like, yeah, it's like, well, I don't feel like getting them off because it's still cold out, and by the time it's fucking time to put them up again, I won't feel like it again, so we'll just leave them up. I mean, might as well. Like, we never actually, I mean, other than, like, stuff just, on, like, maybe on the porch or something, yeah, we never, like, like, my dad never, like, climbed up on the roof or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I remember one year I left the Christmas tree up till like March. Dog. Yeah. Christmas all around. Fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Now he evil. He uh he had hit the guy with a brick, and they were laughing on the commentary like, oh, like, you know, in the script it was like a chunk of the pavement that had been broken, but mm-hmm. they couldn't afford to actually break the the pavement there to show that, so they they just had to have a random brick. But I used to actually see bricks in, like, well, probably not, like, a hotel parking lot like this, parking garage. But, like, I used to see people back in the day, 
like way lo- like a long time ago when I was a kid, people would like if they had a car that that I don't know if the parking brake was bad or if they just had a car that they would uh, yeah, yeah that they would have parked for a long period of time. They used to put bricks on the back tires. I remember seeing that. So not mm-hmm. too far fetched. Now this is the like the extremely far fetched thing. Like this fake box that they built on the wall. And also too, he just has a box of clothes hidden. Mm-hmm. That's all this is the only time I'll be critical of evil's plan here. But uh This this reminds me of Critters Three, where the fucking the guy that's like the the caretaker or whatever uh, of the uh, building they're in. He like the lady yells at him to fix the fucking elevator, and he fixes it like he controls it like whether it goes or not by like putting a fucking like screwdriver in between uh, like two little things, and then it like it, it circuits like, mm-hmm. and then it, it works. That's exactly what evil does here, and I never understood. And I mean, it is totally fake. Like the director admits they just built that box because you know the real thing is like in a locked away room with the controls and shit. But yeah, just jamming a screwdriver is going to make the elevator go up, go down. Genius. I remember back. I remember hearing that like back whenever they first made the uh, automatic. Uh, fucking uh elevators mm-hmm. uh, they, they did like they questioned people like oh would you ride an elevator if it didn't have an elevator attended in it and like overwhelmingly people were like afraid to to ride in an elevator without a guy just standing there just push a button <laughs> i mean all they did was either push a button or some of them had that little lever or whatever but yeah. yeah they weren't really in charge of it. now critters 3 i can't remember was critters 3 the one after he starred in it that leonardo dicaprio was declared the sexiest man in america Exactly, fucking uh, our boy Leo. Yeah, he was a big Chad in that movie. He was. Yeah. No, yeah. The 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 cop he comes in and he finds the son whose name is Derek, uh, just hanging out in the room and he almost shoots him. But um, yeah, I don't know. This isn't a very fancy hotel room. I gotta admit, like they kind of dress it up with all these flowers and shit. But I, I guess, too, what the director said was the the actual, like, hotel you see on the outside and the hotel they filmed on the inside is different. So I guess that makes sense. They probably had to go to a cheaper hotel to film. Look at that mask. I know. I'm pretty sure if you go and buy that mask, it's listed, like, the name of that mask is, like, the Chad mask. Yeah, it is. A lot of people always got uh, confused thinking it was a Bob Hope mask, but it's not. It's a fucking Chad mask. It's uh, one of the guys from Laurel and Hardy, supposedly. But I think they repainted it. And here we get kind of a reveal. That's yeah. the, the killer is her fucking husband. Yeah. That's why he's been using a fucking voice changer. And it makes sense when you watch it because it's like, yeah, if he's just some random guy, why would he care if anybody, like, recognize his voice unless you're like really thinking about it you probably think like oh maybe he's like some kind of maybe he's like known in the town or something yeah well it's funny it's funny too because like all of a sudden like when evil reveals himself to be blaze's husband like when he talks to the cop he like he all of a sudden oh which i mean it's good acting but it's funny though because he has like a completely different personality now He's like, mm-hmm. officer, I just wanted to tell you, in case you're wondering who I am. And the guy's like, where the hell you come from? He's like, I'm the, I'm the lady's husband. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> he's completely different now. This is the first day of shooting. Yeah. He's like, I was in the john. I was afraid to come down. <laughs> oh, yeah. You Bullshit. Just you was in there with that mask. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, you know what's funny, though? Like, I didn't even think about it until, like, the last time or two I watched this. 
is like he was in there hanging out with the crazy son. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like I kind of want to see that prequel movie with like just the hour or forty minutes or whatever it was where him and the crazy son was saying like, "What were they talking about? What were they doing?" I was just like fucking going to YouTube and looking up any of the Red Pill videos. They're just saying that shit to each other. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> half the people are gonna be. What the hell are they talking about? But it actually is the real theme of the movie. I mean, this 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 was like way ahead of its time. <laughs> that's why I thought you were going to love this movie. In all honesty, I was surprised you had such a lukewarm take on it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, I'm a beta. This is how they catch evil. Is he says, "Oh, the manager approved me to be in the hotel." Like the manager has to approve the husband being in a hotel room, like. It's not like he had access, like he was going down to the stage area and doing all that. You know what I mean? Like, he just was mm-hmm. in a fucking... Like, like you, you can't tell me they possibly know everybody who's in every room of that hotel. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, uh, uh, the first time I watched this and the second time. Uh, like, I don't know what it was, but, like, whenever uh, he finally... Uh, he, he reveals to his wife... Mm-hmm. Like I, I every t- both times I watched it, I I didn't realize that was his wife he was talking to. Like she looks different in that scene to me for some reason. You talking about in the hotel room or the elevator later? The, the elevator, yeah, yeah. I think because she gets all scared. What's funny too is is um, she's all like, "Oh, I gotta go change and all this." It's like, don't hosts of these shows like change throughout the night? Like, why does she just have one big clothes change? You know whatever mm-hmm. wardrobe change that's probably what threw me off was she just changed his clothes on over yeah now this is funny too like not only does he jam in the screwdriver so he can control the elevator but apparently this giant hotel only has one elevator but we'll go with it but i love that he has a little monitor where he can see like the camera or whatever <laughs> exactly this movie it's was ahead of, its time. Yeah, it was yeah. ahead of its time yeah you can do all that shit now but like that's kind of isn't all that kind of what they did in Die Hard? Like ten years later, eight years later, one of the guys like in the command center, they they take over all the cameras, like mm-hmm. tell what's going on. Yeah. Evil had his own like uh, Raspberry Pi version of it back in the day. Oh yeah. I don't. I never know. No, really. In all honesty, as much as I love this movie, yeah, she got like a weird red Riding Hood like outfit on now. But I never like really know like uh, what to make of the cops in this movie. Like they're kind of like weird. Now, what do you mm-hmm. think of this scene, Zach? Like I couldn't tell like the way she's looking at him. Like I love that the camera's held over by, by a little braided wire too. And Evil's watching this, her talking to the cop. But like she almost comes across like she's like going to fuck this cop. Like see, like the looks they give each other. Hell it's, yeah. it's almost like there's something going on between them two. He's a fucking more of a Chad than her husband. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't say that, but yeah. It's it's two Chads fighting over the same Stacy. Exactly. I like the 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 like camera angle he's seeing is just what the movie like the, <laughs> yeah. the film shot. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty dumb. They're just, they're just getting that one fucking corner of the elevator. <laughs> hey, this uh by the way, this movie is made for uh four hundred thousand, which Halloween was, you know, everybody says, oh, such a miracle. Halloween was made for 300000 
But mm-hmm. that extra hundred thousand, I think, made a big difference because like they didn't just shoot like whatever. Like they went all over like the city here, where it's Halloween. They kept every other scene. They kept going back to the Myers house and shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ain't you lucky that like them falling like knocked him out. Really or stunned him. It's mm-hmm. awesome that it not it, like really fucked up the cop, but she's more awake. I, I do like that. I'm not gonna lie. I do like that kick he gives the cop right across the fucking face. Now, I'm dying to know because I want a sweatsuit like this, but I always thought in my mind that he was wearing a Fila sweatsuit, but it's not a Fila logo. It looks just like it, but it's not. It's like some other brand, maybe some Italian shit. Maybe they couldn't use the real stuff. They had to fake Yeah. Yeah. They're using the fucking uh, good value version. I love good value. Oh, yeah. They got some dunk uh, fruit cocktail. <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring that up, yeah. but I didn't know if you would because nobody knows the reference we're making. Oh, I think there's a lot more great value shoppers out there than anyway. I got some I, like I'm, I, this whole whatever allergy season. I've been surviving off some great value uh, cold and flu medicine, or whatever it's called. Exactly. Great value is the brand chosen by Chad's worldwide. Yeah, fucking great good value. It means Jesus, Jesus. It does. <laughs> yeah, there's we. I sent uh, our boy here a video of this guy talking, doing a review of a, a fruit cocktail from Great Value, and he's like, he, he's he's like crazy. He's like talking about like. He's like doing weird like uh, numerology stuff where he's like reading uh, like different words and like linking them to like letters or numbers and saying like, oh, this equals Jesus. So good value that equals Jesus, Jesus. And it's really funny. That that guy's head would literally explode like uh, the guy in scanners if you ever went to an In-N-Out burger and looked under the fry baskets (sighs) and under the cups where they put all the, the proverb Psalm exactly. 316 all that shit on the bottom. Yeah, he, his head would explode. He would really be getting up. That would be like main light the the dope. He's been making up the shit for years. <laughs> of where to find the Jesus Jesus. But if he if he got the real pure uncut in and out Jesus Jesus references on the fast food containers. Exactly. Which I like I, I don't you know, I, I don't give a shit. I don't have a problem with anybody's religion, whatever. But isn't it weird that like you know, and it's one thing if you just want to put it on the side of the cup, like, hey, everybody, look at this. But the is it like somewhat insidious that they hide religious messages like underneath and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird that it's hidden. Well, weird, yeah. Yeah. Now, I guess we should. We've been talking about the red pill all night long. We should talk about <laughs> the the reason evil. He even says, "See, you castrated me." So basically, we we found out, you know, we didn't know exactly, you know, who they were talking about, but the cops were saying, like, oh, you know, this this guy, he was a, they did a little research, they found out this guy was a patient out of the sanitarium where he killed the nurse earlier, and he was connected to this place and that place. And, like, his cover was he was supposed to be in Palm Springs that night, and he just popped up to surprise or whatever. Like, I don't know if Mm -hmm. he was supposed to still be in a loony bin somewhere else or, like, what was going on, but, like, yeah, he has mental problems, but, like, Basically, this whole thing he's doing to get back at his wife and stop her, like he's upset too that the son um, got it, got it, got a role in a TV show and the mom didn't even care. 
But uh, mm-hmm. he, he really goes down the red pill thing here. He says that the wife, Blaze, she dresses sexy for other men. That she even tries to turn on their own son. Like, it's just he's, he's just disgusted with his wife here. And then she tried to cast her. <laughs> she, she turned on him like she turned her back on him, or she tries to turn him on, like give him a boner. She yeah, tries yeah. to give her son a boner. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's weird, though, is like, like you do get the impression that the son is weirdly obsessed with his mom. But even though she was flirting with the cop, like I didn't really see her flirting. If anything, she was just ignoring the son. Yeah. Like I guess. It would have been better if he put on the pantyhose and like put the the thing through his ear and started jacking off in the pantyhose. I was gonna say like they should have simulated that somehow because it, it would have made it things more more clear or whatever. Mm. But yeah, but so basically he's doing all this shit as revenge on his wife and her perverted ways and whatever. Which I, like basically this movie is about a, a son and a father. Like we don't know for sure if the son is in on the whole game. Maybe he is. Maybe he ain't. Um, we'll see some twists and turns later in the film, but, uh, yeah, it's like, basically, like, they just hate, like, like, wh- how come he just didn't divorce the lady and, like, take his son away? <laughs> yeah, he's mad that she, like, has a better job than him, and he yeah. has to ask for an allowance and all this yeah. shit. Which, he's a beta. Which, by the way, like... If I could just sit around all day and just ask for exactly. an allowance, like, I wouldn't be complaining about <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, dress as slutty as you want. Just leave me some PlayStation money on the dresser. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that cuck lifestyle. I'm tired of working. Mm-hmm. Make make me a cat man all you want. Exactly. So, yeah, so his final act of revenge now is he's going to take his wife with the handcuffs and he's going to, um, like, string her up to the bottom of the elevator, right? And then, like... Mm-hmm. When the elevator goes up or down, I guess eventually she's going to get crushed, I guess is what we're supposed to believe here. What if his ultimate plan was to force his wife to have sex with another man in front of him to prove how much of a cuck he ain't? <laughs> that, like, he has to do it and, like, witness it, but it, that it's not going to bother him or whatever? Exactly. He, he thinks he's playing some three, like, 4D chess. Well, if he really wanted to see that happen, like how he was looking at her and that that cop she was flirting with, he could have just made the elevator keep going up and down for like a half hour, like it was a long elevator ride. Like they would have got to it eventually. That he would have exactly. got his wish. But no, but he's fighting against it, man. He don't want to be a cuck no more. Exactly. Do you think evil? I mean, you know, spoiler, spoiler. But anybody listen to the show, they they've seen the movie. He dies at the end of this film, but. If he would have lived like till like twenty seventeen or whatever it was, do you think he would have been a fan of Star Wars: The Last Jedi? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> he would either been a fan of it or he would have rebelled against it, depending on his viewpoint. He'd be <laughs> making a bunch of videos on YouTube about <laughs> it. Either way, maybe maybe if he survived the rooftop fall maybe he could have turned into uh the jesus jesus guy on youtube one <laughs> you know he kind of looks like a uh, fucking jefferson from married with children right here yeah he kind of does and this, this guy the technician behind the stage like i don't know he kind of reminds me of michael j fox a little bit yeah mixed with fucking like uh evil head maybe yeah goes full circle man he's look at this he got the wire kit everything for radio shack clamps them mm-hmm. 
And they actually did this for real. I, I think they somehow faked up the close-up shots of her, but this is like a real stunt person going up and down an elevator shaft. And to be fair, like you can tell they got a harness under their clothes, and I'm 99.9% sure that the real stunt person is a guy. I kind of hate that in movies when like a woman does a stunt and then it becomes a man all of a sudden, but this shit, like it kind of sucks when they do that in the BMX film, Rad, but for this shit, I'll, I'll let it slide, because I mean... This is some harrowing shit up and down a giant, whatever, 14-story elevator shaft. I love how fake that head looks. Yeah, well, that's why they don't show it too long. But, yeah, the girl who got killed at the beginning of Yvonne, her head is there. And it's pretty it's pretty donk in all actuality because it's not like an accident. Like, he puts her head up in the elevator shaft, and he makes her go up to the exact point where she sees it. Now, this couple is the bomb right here that's riding all stone drunk in the elevator shaft. Like this guy, oh, yeah. I don't even know how to describe his clothes. He got like a like a studded punk belt wrapped around his throat. <laughs> that chick's got like a heroin chic thing going on. Yeah, with like her boob hanging out the side of that shirt and all that. Yeah, and awesome. it's funny how they're like banging on the buttons and like they don't even realize evil's making them go up and down. They're just so stoned and shit. Yeah, like, what kind of, like, it's a good thing he knows, like, the exact kind of twitch you need to make with the fucking, uh... Screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, the screwdriver to make it go up, and, like, the, the subtle differences in the twitch to make it go down. Well, that that could be the prequel, too, that we're talking about. We get to see when the time he was spending with his son in the hotel room, and then we also do flashbacks to months before when he's uh, breaking into the hotel late at night to experiment with the elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty dumb and maybe he's the one that set the camera up so it was just in that one corner we don't know yeah we don't know because and honestly you saw it it was hanging from like it wasn't even mounted it was like hanging from like some little braided wires Mm-hmm. maybe he set the whole maybe like uh, there was no elevator he just made one and that's how he did it <laughs> he's just that good <laughs> like he dug a hole in the the, the hotel exactly. like they only had stairs before <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were not fucking uh, like uh, people on you know the uh, the, uh, the scooters and the fucking uh, wheelchairs friendly. Yeah, they weren't. Like if somebody came in to stay the night, you know, didn't have to be on New Year's Eve, just any night. Maybe they're on vacation or something. They want to stay in there. If they came in on a scooter, they're like, Nah, you got to hit the road, Jack. We ain't got no, mm-hmm. we ain't got no, you know. But meanwhile, they got evil digging the tunnel to China with the elevator shift. Mm-hmm. I, like again, and uh, this is like another like cheat or whatever. But uh, now he runs to the rooftop. Evil does. This is actually the rooftop of the cannon offices back in the day. Exactly. Donk. Yeah. You ever notice, like, they always do that in movies, like, anytime they have a gun, the guy always puts it in his pants. Like, <laughs> yeah. why is that something they do? To accidentally blow his dick off. I like he puts his mask back on here. It zips mm-hmm. up his jacket. It's like you have pockets. I know. Well, I like, too, he gives the little speech here. Mm-hmm. Like, first he takes his gun, his knife out. It's very brief, but it's, like, very... But that's a donk mask, though, because it's got giant eyelids on it. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost the front of, like, a Volkswagen Beetle with them rounded eyelids. It's a jad. Like, when they make masks now, <laughs> there's just, like, a big brown hole cut for your eyes. That one gives you eyelids. That should just be the Chad uh, meme. It's just that mask. It should, because look at that jawline. That's total mm-hmm. 
says, sleep, by sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. So he's basically, he says this little speech to, like, um, tell the cops, like, hey, fuckers, you're going to have to kill me. And then he has so much fun. He just jumps <laughs> off the side. <laughs> flies down. He's, like, having a good time. Like, wee! Like, you know how, like, George Lucas redid Return of the Jedi at the end? He has Darth Vader go, no! Well, they should have done that with, like, a George Lucas edition for New Year's Evil when they put on Blu-ray when he jumps. You just hear him go, wee! He's flying all the way down there. He's all based in Red Pill. He should have jumped down and said, research flat earth or something as he's falling. (laughs) Those people down in the parking lot, that would have been a shocking occurrence to hear that, that, you know that philosophy exactly. coming at him as his body's flying out. They probably all would have become flat earthers. Mm-hmm. Look at that guy. He has the Robin Williams uh, Nanu Nanu working Mindy suspenders on. Dog. But I really like that shot after he jumps down and they do like the, the zoom out. It, like all of a sudden, I wish they would have used this more in the movie. Like the score becomes like clockwork orange. It's like, or maybe like shining. It's like, mm-hmm. I wish they would have had that kind of soundtrack a little more in the movie. They miss the opportunity to have the son uh, fuck his dad when he sees him laying there. <laughs> but why would he? He wasn't turned on by the dad. It was the mom. It would just fucking make us go, what the fuck, even more. Reverse Oedipus complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it that he picks up the dad's... I, I do like that he like gives him a hug and stuff. But the director did say, because, you know, like... I mean, he's got blood pouring out his nose and mouth and stuff. But, I mean, he splatted, like, straight on the concrete. But the director said, like, they actually told him, like, you can't make him too bloody or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where the movie really would be getting good, and I wish it didn't cut off. So they they load, um, what's her name, uh, Roz Kelly Blaze, because, like, she's passed out because she, she survived. She didn't get squished in the elevator or whatever. But they load her into an ambulance, and then we see the son now. And he looks actually more donk because he's got the tuxedo on and the mask. So he's you can like see his teeth through yeah. the fucking mask. He's like really regal. He killed John Carpenter, the uh, ambulance driver, right there. Now mm-hmm. he drives away with the ambulance with his mom in the back. And I look. You think, you think uh, New Year's Evil Two would just be Halloween Two, where she's at the hospital the whole time? Yeah, and he's following yep. around for sure. And I love how the movie just ends with the uh, like we finally get the last time zone, which would be Hawaii. We hear the radio broadcast from there, you know, ushering New Year's Eve. And then uh, the New Year's Evil song plays again. Like, to me, it's like, like, I wish we could see, like, whatever happens afterwards. Like, does he kill, does the son end up killing the mom? Or, like, does he sexually assault her? What, you know, whatever shocking events would be happening, probably. But I, but I, yeah, but I love that they end, you know, they leave you wanting more. And 40 years later, I'm sitting here wishing they could have done a sequel. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And, like, I was reading, like, certain reviews and shit from the time, and they were saying, like, you know, like, obviously this movie didn't get really great reviews or anything. Like, it got very middle-of-the-road reviews. Like, oh, it's suspenseful. Oh, it's, you know, it was, like, kind of before they were really super down on slasher movies the the way they would later on. Like, they still kind of saw this as, like, maybe being somewhat in the psycho mode. But I did see one review saying, like, oh, the song is so catchy because they play it three times in a less than 90-minute movie. And I have to say it's true. Like, there ain't no way you're, like, going to fucking watch this movie and uh, and not have that theme song stuck in your head later. Yeah, I just realized, I, I like, I'm, I'm singing along to the song. And I'm yeah. like, is this a popular song? No, yeah. no, this is the one for the movie. It yeah. just... 
It just got stuck in my head. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. And like I was reading the history of the song and everything, and like yeah, there was like a group that covered it as an instrumental, ironically, in the eighties, like a few years after the movie, and like yeah, it just it just took a life on its own. And and there's a it says soundtrack available and all that on Canon Records. It turns out that that ne- they never actually put it out. Like like I don't know why, but uh, yeah, fucking this- liars. Complete liars. If that soundtrack was available, you know that shit would be worth a lot of money on vinyl. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like the song, man, it's it's lit. And the song is like, I mean, I guess it's a niche thing, but the song has lived on enough to, again, I'm just shocked that this movie. I mean, I think they would just, you know, like how many times have they fucking remade Black Christmas? You know what I mean? It's Talking a, twice now, yeah. Yeah. And the last one, they they re, they retitled it "Woke Christmas," and, and it still came out. Exactly. They shot it in three weeks and put it out. But uh, yeah, just the title alone, "Near's Evil." Like, even if it wasn't a remake, even if it was just like some other movie, you know what I mean? Like another storyline mm-hmm. or whatever. I can't believe nobody stole that title or whatever. But yeah, but uh, oh, I didn't even realize the time, Zach. It's past midnight, man. I mean, I know we're in different time zones, but it's past midnight. So, it uh, is officially 2021. It is 2021. It's weird how, like, Christmas wasn't really that eventful this year. Like, you know, like, Thanksgiving was a big deal. And, like, like I have a lot of Thanksgiving memories of this year. But I don't even remember what happened last week on Christmas. Yeah, it's like it didn't even happen. Weird. Know, it's weird. But uh, definitely I, I want to, you know, uh, to peel the curtain back a little bit. I've, like, pretty much been wanting to cover this movie uh, I think pretty much since this podcast started, nobody either had a copy or nobody was a fan, so enough to want to do it. So uh, I got, I got to. Then give you me... ended up doing it with me, who wasn't a fan. <laughs> you wasn't a fan, but at least you did it. Exactly. And, and to I'm be... always down. And to I be just, honest, I felt yeah. useless doing this one because I didn't know much to say. Yeah, but it's okay because I, I, you know, I got to talk about some shit I like about this movie. But it, but again, we're talking about like whatever it was, eighty two, eighty three minute movie, man. This shit flies by, man. Even I couldn't keep up to point out all the parts I love about it, but I love it. it it's a classic of low-budget filmmaking. You know, there's there's great filmmakers, you know, that sit around, and for years they craft a movie and they put it together. And then, like, sometimes just people just literally throw shit together because they had no time, no money, and it turns out great. And in my book, this is one of those movies. Uh, it's Yeah, it's not a genre classic the way, like, a Halloween or something like that is. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think it's better than, like, in all honesty, I think it's a lot better than a lot of the other early 80s ones that, like, get so much love nowadays. So I'm hoping this movie kind of has a comeback. Same with Christmas Evil. Um, mm-hmm. so totally unrelated. But, but I would say those are my two big underdogs. Like, you always hear about Halloween. You always hear about Silent Night, Deadly Night. But to me, Christmas Evil and New Year's Evil are, like, the underrated genre ones from that time period just because... They have, like, a lot more, I guess, humanity into them. Like, I mean, you might think they're ridiculous plots or whatever, horror movie plots. But, like, they have a lot of, like, reasoning and, you know, interesting little human characteristics about them. But especially just hearing the director talk about this movie and, and, you know, the canon way of making movies. How it was, like, just hurry up and go and do it. And they were rushed and shit. I don't know. I think it turned out great. So, thanks again, uh, for uh, sitting down here and spending your New Year's Eve. I mean, I gotta give you big props for that. You didn't just do a movie that you didn't really care about. You did it on New Year's Eve. Exactly. I'm always down to hang out with the goat. That's the goat. That's right. 
Well, fucking hell, some of that good greatness will fucking rub off on me. <laughs> and vice versa. I'm always down to do a to do an episode with the funniest man in podcasting. Fuck yes. There's a lot of pretenders to the throne, but nobody makes me spit my water out more all over the screen when I'm working during the week. And you lie. To <laughs> I do not lie. But yeah, so yeah, that was fun. And I guess just to reflect real, you know, do a little bit of uh, all lane sane here, uh, all ease forgot, or whatever the fuck the words are, to look back, like, it's pretty donk year for the movie Graveyard, man. I think we did more episodes this year than probably ever, and uh, unfortunately that was a lot to do with our friend Kid COVID, but, uh, you know. Maybe yeah. uh maybe fucking you're the reason the COVID happened. Maybe like the the graveyard being so dank is what fucking threw the fucking universe off its axis. Maybe maybe, maybe that that, that bat that caused the pandemic was a big fan. He's like he's like man like the go just don't have time to sit down and do these episodes one a month. I need more. I need two sometimes three episodes a month. So the bat went and got himself captured and eaten in a. Bad oh, soup yeah. or whatever they make over there, and that's what caused it all. But either way, you got to make the best of a bad situation. I know a lot of people have had uh, tough times this year. Uh, this was for like in my personal life. This was supposed to be a huge year for me. A lot of things going on, uh, and yeah, just the bad luck. And like, uh, I wish I would have done these things in 2019. In all honesty, instead of playing them all out for 2020, but you know, we all got. S- stuck with the same shit sandwich just try to make the best of it and uh, you know mm-hmm. movies tv video games playing the mm-hmm. resident evil on the youtube zach you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about gotta make yeah. your own entertainment hell yeah so yeah so and also too like this this was the year that uh besides just doing more episodes this was the year like you got uh injected into the uh the picture in a big way so i want to thank you for always taking your time always ready to record at the drop of a hat oh yes it's been a it's lot good of good times hell yeah and you know what and we don't even have to be like teary and nostalgic for for all the great episodes we were able to do in 2020 because covid's not going anywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, so all of 2021 and probably the first chunk of 2022 we'll have plenty of time to keep doing these things so Again, thank you, Zach. Thank you to all our listeners. Everybody, thanks a lot. Everybody, when you're not listening to this show, go listen to Zach and Mac. Save the world. Oh, yeah. Go listen to the Cinema Enema. Go listen to Revival House podcast. BTM. BTM, yeah. yeah, Everything. Those guys over there, they'll teach you how to really F with some (laughs) wet-ass bus. Video drum man was the wettest. Hell yes. <laughs> I actually forced my fiance to watch the the WAP video the other night. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, you gotta see it. There's great. There's uh, uh my favorite part is kind of the end when Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, the hottest musical act of uh 2020, Megan the Stallion, they're walking down like a hallway. And, like, all the doors are, like, closed, but there's, like, all this, like, like literally gallons and gallons of uh, pussy juice coming out underneath the doors, and they're slipping and sliding, trying to get out of the hotel quick enough. That's and, genius. Yeah. Who, who, who would have thought a rap video would have had the best cinematic moment of 2020? But it did. <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. We'll catch you again here soon. 
It'll be a new year, but it'll be the same old shit going down right here in the movie graveyard. Isn't it funny how, like, back... Oh, shit, I forgot. Dog. so brain dead right dude my brain is mush from just sitting at home for fucking 10 months straight what is it happy new year's what do you say happy new year's eve what do you say uh yeah new happy new year's everybody all right let me start over <laughs>